Those of us remaining, I want us to take our Bibles right now and turn with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And I want to preach a message this morning just in simply entitled, Rely on the Lord. Rely on the Lord. I, I know that we are told throughout Scripture uh, in different places that we're to trust the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He'll direct your paths. We love to quote that verse of Scripture. We like to take it as our own and... Uh, remind ourselves from time to time that we've got to trust, and yet trusting is more than just some kind of a mental exercise. Trusting in the Lord is quite literally believing that He will take care of you better than you will take care of you. Now, most of us, we get up this morning, we got dressed, might have put on something a little bit extra nice as opposed to what we wear during the week. If you saw me during the week, I don't dress like this every day. Uh, you know, we, we do a little extra in the morning. We, we, uh, we kind of give ourselves to, to preparing ourselves to come into the presence of the Lord. We prepare ourselves to come to church and to just sort of, you know, Go through that meeting. This is God's day. This is the Lord's day. It's a special day. And so let me do something a little bit extra. But that doesn't necessarily make for relying on the Lord. You maybe picked up your Bible and said, well, I'm going to bring my Bible to church this morning. That's a good thing. I hope that you do that. We do use our Bibles here. I don't just preach my opinions. I, I want to preach the Word of God. But the Bible in your hand today doesn't necessarily mean that you're relying on the Lord because in this building today, it is the easiest place. It is the easiest time, especially when we've had such a wonderful time of worship. We had a great time of prayer earlier in the service. And as we have come into the building, we, it's, it's sort of easy to do that. It's easy to do all the spiritual things when you're in church. But brothers and sisters, I want to let you know today that God wants us to rely on Him not just when it's easy. He wants us to rely on Him in the hour and in the time where it's most difficult. Now, I know that there are times as we come to that place in our lives where we feel as though, you know, we've gotten a little older in the Lord, a little more mature in the Lord that we can somehow kind of perceive how things ought to be. And there are times where we sort of, we don't even consult with the Lord. We don't even talk to God about the problem. We don't do any of those things the way that we used to. There is a king in the Bible that we're going to read about who early on relied on the Lord. Early on as being the king over Judah was somebody who would trust in the Lord. He would rely on God. And yet now, 
a little bit later on, as time has gone on, he's been king a long time. He's made a lot of decisions. He's fought a lot of battles. He's gone through a lot of things. All of a sudden now, as he does that, he begins to rely on his own intuition. He begins to rely on his own knowledge. He begins to rely on his own abilities. And can I tell you today that that is the most dangerous place that we could ever be as believers. The most dangerous place is for us to begin to rely on ourselves. Say, well, God's given me a brain. Let me use it. Yes, God has given you a brain. You are to use it. We are to to use it in certain situations. But we have to continually rely on the Lord to touch us so that we will make the right decisions, so that we will do the right things, so that we will honor Him with our lives and we will give our very best to Him and be our best for the Lord. Listen, God is deserving of your best today. This is why I think it's important, as Julian mentioned earlier. You know, sometimes we we think of church as being one of those things where, you know, I'll get there when I get there. I'm, I'm telling you, folks, we don't do that with our jobs. We don't do that with any kind of function that we want to be at. But when it comes to church, sometimes we sort of skate by. We just take our time. Well, Everybody understands, God understands, pastor understands. i got to tell you, I'd love to start the service with as many as are here now. You can all smile at me. Say, pastor, you're beating us. No, 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 I don't intend to do that. But that's all right. If this shoe fits, you can wear it. But, you know, we've we got to just say, God, let me give you your best. You're worthy. You're deserving. And yet there was a king in the Bible by the name of Asa. And I want you to see what he did, which is not characteristic of what he did earlier in his life as a king. The Bible says this, starting at verse 1, it says, In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah, to prevent everyone from leaving and enter, or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Asa then took the silver and gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple and of his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, or king of Syria, who was ruling in Damascus. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there was between my father And your mother, see, I am sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asa and sent the commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Aijan, Dan, Abel, Maim, and all the store cities of Naphtali. When Baasha heard This He stopped building Ramah and abandoned his work. Then King Asa brought all the men of Judah and they carried away from Ramah the stones and the timber Baasha had been using with them. He built up Geba and Mizpah. Now let me stop reading right there. We're going to continue to read on in a moment, but I want you to just look this way. I want you to see that what this man Asa, this king, did worked. 
You see, we live in a world that says the end justifies the means. It matters not how you get to that point. It only matters that it worked. We have, we have public school systems that operate on that very principle. If it works, then that's what we're going to do. Rather than how you get there. Brothers and sisters, i got to tell you that in many cases, even in our society, we have come to the place where if it works, then who cares how it has happened? I want you to know that God cares how it happened. He shut down immediately. This was, a, this was, in many ways, he paid off the guy who had a deal with his, his neighboring, warring Israel. Remember, Israel and Judah were now two nations. Israel was split in two. Essentially, the two southern kingdoms of, made up the kingdom of Judah, and ten tribes of Israel made up the, the northern kingdom of Israel. And they were at war with one another. And now the king of Syria is siding with, with Israel, seemingly coming with an overpowering force. And Asa says, the only way out of this, man, is to pay off the mercenaries. Let's go and let's go have an audience with this king, the king of Aram, and say, look, here, look at all this money I just brought you. Look at all these treasuries. We just ripped off the temple. We ripped off my own palace. I took it out of my own pocket, king. Now come on, side with us so Israel will just back off. And it worked. It worked. Good plan. Great plan. It worked. The king, he, he, he retreated. He backed off. He went back to Israel. And now in the, the southern kingdom of Judah, I don't know if Asa sat back and said, man, am I the king of the hour. I saved, I saved us from going to war. I saved a lot of bloodshed. I saved all of these things. This is wonderful. And then all of a sudden, some old prophet of God gets a word from the Lord. I want you to see what he says. Let's read on. Down through to verse 9. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, now I want you to see this. Remember, Asa's plan worked. Verse 7, 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 7. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Look at verse 8. He reminds him about something. And this if what he reminds him about, we're not going to take the time to read it. It's over in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. You can read when the land of Cush came against Judah, what God did when, when the king relied on him. But he says, were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet you relied on the Lord he delivered, when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. When you relied, that word relied literally means to lean oneself upon. It's, it's, it's the same as somebody if they had a crutch or, or a cane or whatever the case might be. You have that stability. Mr. Reed, you have a cane. Can I borrow your cane? 
Thank you. Perfect. You have a cane. Now, Sister Rita has to use this. She's got to rely on the stability of this cane. This is something that you can rely on. You can lean your weight against it and take the pressure off some of the areas of your body, especially your legs or your feet, that might not, you know, that might not be working so well, might have some pain in it. And you can, you can put some pressure on that and you rely on this. You see, brothers and sisters, for the world who says that God is nothing but a crutch, I want to say that that is absolutely the case. He is the best crutch you can ever lean on. He is the best cane you can ever, ever put your life upon. Don't worry about limping through life, brothers and sisters, because the great crutch, you can lean on Him. I'm not worried about how the world perceives faith in Jesus Christ. If you are broken, if you are bruised in sin, if your life seems to be down in the dumps then it's time to get a cane and get a crutch that you can lean on. Don't rely on the world. Oh, he's just a crutch. Yeah? How come you go to bars every weekend? How come in order to have fun and to laugh, you have to inebriate your mind with all kinds of alcohol? How come you have to put that, that mess into your body? How come in order for you to smile through the pain, you got to pump some kind of drug or smoke something in order to have a, a little bit of a high on life? How come you got to do that? Don't talk to me about crutches. I want you to know he will never waste your mind. He will never deaden a brain cell. He will never, ever destroy your life. He will only lift up your life and give you hope. That's the best kind of crutch to lean on. You rely on the Lord. You lean on the Lord. You trust in the Lord. That's what trust is all about. It's I can't make it. I need help. God, I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to lean upon you. He says this. He says, because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God. Do you see what happened? Now listen, earlier, and he even mentions this in this part, he says, or in verse 8, he says, yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hands. He says, so what's the difference now? You just paid the guy off to get away. When in the end, if you had relied on the Lord, maybe I would have brought judgment upon that nation and taken care of them all by myself. I would have done the work. But now they've slipped through your fingers because you relied on yourself. Brothers and sisters, you can't rely on you. You can't rely on your neighbor. You can't rely on those around you. You can't trust in man. Listen, whenever, whenever anybody in Scripture trusts in, in weak flesh, we are always left disappointed. we got to trust in the Lord. God will never let you down. He will never, ever leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will never give up on you. You've got to know, brothers and sisters, that relying on the Lord is the best thing that you can do. You lean on Him. You don't lean on your neighbor. Don't you listen? You're faced with a problem in your life. I want you to know the best place you can go is to the place of prayer. When Jesus needed to get alone, He got alone as best He could try. At about 3 or 4 in the morning, that was pretty much the only time he could get away from the crowds. But Jesus, even Jesus, had to get alone 
to rely on the Father, to rely on the Holy Spirit. Everything that he did, he saw the Spirit do, and the Spirit did through him. Brothers and sisters, we have to be as dependent on him as he was dependent on the Father, dependent on the Holy Spirit in his ministry, in his life here on earth. Brothers and sisters, we are not greater than Jesus, and yet he said and promised greater than these things shall you do. I don't understand it, but I know this, that that can only happen as we rely on the Lord. He says this, we're not the Cushites. You know what verse 8 is saying? Verse 8 essentially is, is saying this, I've got a really great track record. God has a perfect track record. He says, weren't the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of uh, chariots and horsemen? In other words, they outnumbered you. They were more powerful than you. They had better, uh, better weaponry at their disposal. They had better uh, warfare equipment of the time at their disposal than what you had. And he says, because you relied on me at that point, back in chapter 14, read it later on, I took care of them. I came to your aid. I came to your help. God can only come to your help when you're relying on Him. He can't come to your help and to your aid when you're relying on yourself. You cannot do it on your own. You need His help. So begin to lean on that crutch that can help you in the midst of your difficulty. Look at verse 9. I want you to see this. This is such a wonderful verse. He says this, for the eyes of the Lord range, they go back and forth. The one translation says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What is the proof that I'm committed to the Lord? It is that I rely on him. It's not that I do all kinds of things. Well, let me just be active in the church. And everyone will think I'm relying on the Lord. Let me do these particular things. And that will be the proof that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm committed to him. But you know what, brothers and sisters? Being committed is simply relying on the Lord. That when you don't know what to do, you're trusting in God. That when you're, you can't figure out how to make things go forward, or you can't figure out how it is that things are going to happen, we've got to rely on him. We've got to lean on him. I want to tell you that the song goes back, and it's an old song, back, I don't know, 60s, 70s, lean on me. Remember that old song, right? Had a little catchy tune to it, right? Look, whoever the song, I don't know who the songwriter was, but whoever was, they, they didn't originate that idea. God's been saying it throughout Scripture. He says it from day one, lean on me. Lean on me. He says this, he says, the eyes of the Lord go throughout the earth. I want you to see this. God is looking to strengthen. Do you see this? God is looking. He, he goes throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. If you have a heart that is, is sort of torn in another direction and going in another place, God can't fully support you. He can't fully strengthen you until you say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to be committed to you. I'm going to 
serve you with our, my very best. I want to be everything that I can be for you, Lord. I'm committed to you. I'm going to rely upon you. Then the Bible indicates here that his eyes will find you and be able to strengthen you in the hour that you need it most. Look, brothers and sisters, you may think that you're going through a moment in your life right now that is too difficult and too dark, but you know what? It could get a little darker, so what are you going to do? It could get a little more difficult, so what are you going to do when it gets more difficult? Well, i got to figure something out. No. <laughs> you don't have to figure anything out. It's already been figured out for you. Rely on the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. Listen, if you can trust in Him, if you can believe in Him, I want you to know that He will come to your aid. He will strengthen you. He will lift you up. The Bible says, and it gives us a promise, that God is looking for people to strengthen. He's not looking for people to, to somehow come down and, you know, to, to kind of, you know, smack them around because they're not doing what's right. No, He's looking to strengthen people. And you know what that, that, presupposes it presupposes one thing and it is this that you're weak he's going to strengthen you in the hour that you're weak paul said when i am weak then he is strong say but i i want to be strong all the time that's fine trust in the lord trust in him commit your all to him and he's always going to be looking to strengthen you he will continually come to your aid I don't want to finish on a negative note here. Not at all. But the king's response to the prophet is horrific. It's one of those horrible moments in a person's life that, you know, you, you, especially when you read some of the, through some of the kings and you read in the book of the kings and the books of the chronicles and you read about some of these guys who, like Asa, Early in their, their lives, they trusted in the Lord, but later on, they were led astray. You would have thought that a word from the Lord would have proven, especially this prophet came in and said, look, you know, God, God took care of you before. Don't you think that God can take care of you now? Don't you think that he could do that? Listen to what verse 10 says. It says this, Asa was angry with the seer. Because of this, he was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. It could have been some of the people who had heard Hanani the seer and realized he is absolutely right, who could have agreed with what Hanani said. We don't really know who these people were. We don't know what kind of oppression the king put them under. But I want you to see that one of the most difficult things for anybody who is giving anyone any kind of spiritual direction or help, the, the, the difficult thing is to see the individual reject it. I know that there are times where messages are preached, and maybe I'll preach a message from time to time that will kind of, you know, it goes to the heart, and, and you think, you know, what is what somebody told the pastor about me? I used to, years ago, I used to laugh. You know, every now and then, you know, somebody would say, how did you know? I don't know anything. 
Nobody's telling me anything. Nobody's cluing me into anything. If God is speaking to you, don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at the messenger. You just say, God, you know what? You've got something for me. Nobody knows anything. There's no gossip column that's going around in the church with a monthly newsletter of who's doing what and what's happening here and all the problems that are going on. There's none of that going on here. If God's got your number, he knows how to dial you in, folks. He knows exactly what to do and how to get to the heart of the matter. The last thing that we could ever afford to do as believers, as Christians, who early on in our lives have relied on the Lord, is to reject it, get angry, put down our fist and say, I'm not going to stand for that anymore. Nobody's, you know what? What good is that going to do you? All that proves is that you're no longer relying on the Lord, you're relying on self. The Bible commends faith from beginning to end. It doesn't commend a lack of faith. It never ever commends leaning on yourself. It tells us that we're to trust in the Lord. In fact, it's the only way that you could get saved. It is the only way that you could be cleansed of your sins. It's not by what you do. It is by what you are trusting in and who you are trusting in. The fact that you trust in what Jesus Christ did for you 2,000 years ago on a cross, how he gave his life for you, he shed his blood for you, that saves you. It's not how perfectly you perform. It's not how well you do in your Christian life. It is what God is able to do in and through you as you trust in him. I know. We know the king's response should have been better. But I wonder how many of us in the times where we are faced with a struggle, a difficulty, we look for an earthly solution. We look for some kind of a a thing that will help us to make it through. I'm going to follow my heart, get my own intuition, my own plan, my own agenda when really what we are supposed to be doing is just relying on the Lord. You know, it's tough to trust somebody. Those of you who have lived life long enough, maybe a relationship that went south. Maybe somebody hurt you. Somewhere along the way, you saw that that close friend that you thought was supposed to be there couldn't be trusted. Somewhere along the way that tainted your view of trust and the idea of trusting anybody. And you know, part of the problem is, is we bring our earthly relationships and the things that we have learned from them right into the church and we bring it right into the house of God and we even bring it into our prayer life. And sometimes we say, now Lord, it's like I talked about on Tuesday night, you know, Lord, I, I, you know, I trust you, but I doubt that you're really going to do it. I'm going to pray, but I doubt it's going to happen. The Bible doesn't ever say that we will get what it is that we're asking for when we doubt. When we rely on the Lord and when we trust in the Lord, it's when God is able to spring into action. It's when God is able to work on your behalf, brothers and sisters. If you are working on your own behalf, then it cannot happen. It won't happen. It is only when you and I trust in the Lord and we rely on the Lord with everything that is within us, brothers and sisters. 
I can't tell you today the battles and the struggles that we often face that we go through and sometimes we go through them because we're relying on us rather than saying, God, we've got to give this to you right now. You know, as I have seen over the last couple of years, actually over the last year, you know, two of my father's generation of preachers have now passed on. They've gone on to be with the Lord. Brother McIntyre, who none of you ever knew. Brother Shuttlesworth, who none of you ever knew. And when I think about some of these men and, and where they came from and what it was that they had to deal with in life and in ministry, one of the things, Brother McIntyre used to pull me aside every now and then and he'd say, you know what, I just, I, I just, you know, I don't get fancy with my prayers. I just say, Lord, this is yours. I give it to you. The end. God, this is your problem, not mine. So you're going to have to deal with it. Now I've got some other things i got to do right now. He gives it to the Lord. Just give it to the Lord. You see some of these guys that they've been through it. And you know what? The only way for us to learn it is to go through it. And that is one of the most difficult things for us to handle. I mean, really, think about it. Who here wants to face battles? <laughs> Not me. No, thank you. You know, my, my vision of, of a perfect life is just, you know, sitting on a beach somewhere, tropical, nice, right, honey? That's just, that's just that's perfection. You know, and, and money's always flowing into your bank account, and it's never going out. They come and bring you food, and they say, oh, it's on the house. It's comped. I'm just curious how many have had a comped meal in the last year. I didn't think so. You know, it's, that's, that's our vision of perfection. No, no troubles. The only trouble you have is making sure you get enough sunblock on. Nobody wants battles. Nobody wants struggles. Who of us wants to have to deal with what Asa had to deal with? The, you know, the Cushites and the Libyans early on, and now Israel and Syria forming an alliance together to come against. Who wants to have to deal with that? We don't want to have to deal with it. And yet the only way that you can rely, and I can learn to rely on the Lord, to lean on the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to lean yourself upon Him is to have to deal with the battles. The only way that you and I can somehow come out on the other side of that fiery furnace without the smell of hell on your garments, without the smell of smoke upon your life, is to stand the way that the three Hebrew boys did when they said, we do not need to answer you, O king, in this matter. The God we serve is able to deliver us from the fire, and even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow to your idols, we're not going to give in to the flesh. We're just going to do it God's way. And what happened? There was a fourth man walked into that fiery furnace with them and said, I'm going to preserve you in the middle of this. 
and I'm going to take you out of it. I'm going to take you through it. And the only way they could really learn to truly rely on the Lord is to go through the fire to see what was going to happen on the other side of it. Brothers and sisters, you may be in the midst of a battle today. There may be a struggle that's going on and something that you can't even begin to figure out. But God is able, if you will trust in Him, if you'll lean on Him, like that cane or that crutch, you lean on Him and don't you worry about how the world perceives it, about God you know, being a crutch for you. Don't you worry. They've got their own crutches and they're not even, they're not even stable. They're not even strong. They've got weak bolts in them. They've got weak things in them. They're going to crumble underneath those crutches that they lean on. But you've got a crutch that will never ever, brothers and sisters, crumble. It will never let you down. He will never ever come to your, to your side only to then leave you again. He will always be with you. He will always remain beside you to help you. Can we stand to our feet today?